You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. Now that we've taught you how to read spiritually, we now want you to start studying the Word of God. And I hope this encourages us. After 40 minutes, magkakaroon tayo ng passion lang din na... Sige nga, aralin ko nga yung Bible para mas alam ko yung scripture and so that I could know you better. So now, again, as what we said, we're looking at Peter because there's a Peter in all of us. Si Peter ang isa sa mga disciples who was very emotional. Sometimes he's high, sometimes he's slow, sometimes he says things that he doesn't really mean. He makes a lot of promise, he overpromises, nagaunder deliver Like just most of us, okay, we go through a phase like that where there's a Peter in us. But Peter grew in his walk with Jesus. You don't have to be perfect, but at least make progress when it comes to our uh, walk with Jesus. Now, if you have your Bibles with you, turn it to Second Peter chapter 3, and we'll look at verse 13 onwards, 13 to verse 18. It says here, we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth. When Peter was writing this letter, what he was saying is, to the, to the church and to the Christians, we're looking forward one day when Jesus returns and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth where, in which righteousness dwells. This will be in the coming future where there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And for the Christian, dapat daw we have a foresight of what's up ahead. And as we're waiting for Jesus, as we're looking forward to the time when that will happen, verse 13, 14, he says, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for this, be diligent to be found by Him without spot or blemish and at peace. While you're waiting for Jesus to return, we don't know when Jesus will return. Sabi, habang inaantay nyo, be diligent. Okay? To be found blameless and spotless, and you are at peace. Ibig sabihin, ito yung tinatawag na, we're being changed from glory to glory. Binabago tayo ni Lord. Sabi niya, dapat diligent kayo. Hinahanap-hanap nyo na, Lord, gusto ko magbago. Lord, I want to change, I want to improve, I want to move forward in my growth in Christ. And then he says, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just as our beloved brothers, a brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. Sabi, the reason why Jesus has not yet returned is because Jesus is still waiting for more and more people to get saved. Kaya napaka-importante ng isang Kristiyano healthy. If you are healthy spiritually, as what we said, it goes and affects every area of your life. And if a Christian is healthy, the church becomes healthy. And when the church is healthy, it becomes effective in sharing the gospel and making disciples. That's why here in Victory, we're about honoring God and making disciples. Gusto natin, healthy yung mga taong umaattend dito. Healthy spiritually. That you're growing in your faith in God and you're not just stuck where you are because you have a mission from God. And if you're malnourished, you cannot give what you don't have. Di mo bigay. Because you don't have anything to give. You need to be healthy first. And so he says, you have to be uh, spotless, without blemish, because when Christ returns, okay, while He's not yet returning, we are to preach the gospel for the salvation of others. And then as he does in all of his letters, when he speaks in them of these matters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand. Paul now writes letters to the church. 
Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, lahat yun sulat. Those are letters Paul wrote to the churches. Why? Because there are certain teachings that were hard to understand. Sabi ni Paul, kailangan ko sulat to para maintindihan nila, lalo na yung mga major doctrines, mga essential na mga doktrina na kailangan maintindihan ng mga simbahan. Or else, they might twist it to their own agenda and to their own, you know, what they want to uh, mean it to be. And so, Paul would take time to write even in prison so that the church will understand the very important doctrines. Essential doctrines means that I am not apologetic about this. I will not say sorry for believing in this. This is essential. This is major. Many people have died fighting for the major doctrines. Christian martyrs in the past died because they believe in these major doctrines. And now it's being passed on to us. And Paul, in the midst of trials and suffering, nagsusulat. And he was saying, I want the church to understand essential doctrines. In short, these are grade one for every believer. We have to know. We cannot not know about this. And so he says, he writes because some of it are very hard to understand. And it's very hard to understand because it's anti-cultural. It's anti-how we think as human beings. So now he has to write those things to make us understand. Which the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. When you don't know the Bible and you don't study the scripture, you don't study the Bible, what happens? Tulad ng maraming fake news ngayon, maraming mga fake teachings and false teachings na lumalabas even among people who would quote Jesus. And so, a lot of, we may say ignorant, ibig sabihin wala silang alam sa Bible at nagmamarunong dahil highly opinionated sila, tulad ng karamihan na sa Facebook, because they're highly opinionated, what happens? They twist it to their own destruction. They don't really understand and they start to quote verses out of context because they have not done their due diligence of studying the Word. Pero pag wala kang alam sa Bible at di mo alam yung essential doctrine ng Bible, anong gagawin mo? Share mo. Bakit? Mukhang maganda eh. Sarap pakinggan. But if a Christian understands his essential doctrines, yung mga major doctrines ng faith natin, what do you do? You can spot what is right and what is wrong. And when people twist, you would know, oh, something's wrong with that. And it says, even the unstable twist it. Yan yung sinasabi sa Bible na you're tossed to and fro from every wind of teaching. Depende na lang sino pinakamagandang presentation, doon ako makikinig. O yung sa kanya may video. O ito, guapo. Kahit walang laman, okay lang. Galing o, pag nakapikit, sabihin niya lang, basa, alam pa. But then, because you don't know the major or the essential doctrines, you would know, hey, what are you saying is wrong? Hindi totoo yun ah. Napag-aralan ko yun ah. Alam ko yun ah. And what he's saying is leading people away and making them unstable. And so Peter said, that's why it's very important. The essential doctrines of the Bible we know. And then in verse 17, it says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. He says, it is your responsibility. It is our responsibility to know the major doctrines of the Bible. Or else what? We will be carried away by lawless people. Imagine he, were, he uses the word lawless people. 
Ibig sabihin ng lawless people, it's strange dahil yung nilalabanan nila, nila Peter dito sa sulat na to are people, are false teacher who are, who's actually teaching na para maging isang kristyano ka, dapat gumawa ka ng, maba, ng mabuti. You follow the law and he calls them lawless people. And he says, and you will lose your own stability. Why? Imagine this. If I tell uh, Adrian, Adrian, para maging isang Kristiyano, kailangan gumaw- maniwala ka kay Lord at gumawa ka ng mabuti. Sasabihin ni Adrian, naniniwala ako kay Lord. At gagawa ako ng mabuti. Ano yung mga mabuting kailangan kong gawin? O kailangan, eto gawin mo. Kailangan magbigay ka ng isang milyon sa simbahan. Magbasa ka ng five chapters ng Bible every day. Dapat pumunta ka sa... Sa church, bawal ka mag-absent, dapat ganito yung haircut mo, ito suot mo, bawal mo pakinggan to, kailangan nag-iikapu ka, lahat yan. Sabi ni Adrian, wow, ano ah, hindi siya nagmamayabang, pero I'm able to follow everything. Sabi na natin, he was able to follow everything after five years. What would happen now? Adrian now, what would happen to him? He would become proud because he thinks I can save myself. By following all of these things, and then he loses his stability because, you know, he cannot forever follow it. Magiging unstable ka sa faith mo. Instead of relying on the grace and the love of Jesus, you now rely on your own power and your own works to save yourself. Kaya maraming mayayabang na Christiano. Because they think, I can save myself by doing this and this and this and that. And they lose their stability. You can never be stable kung ang measurement mo ng pananampalataya mo sa Lord ay dahil sa ginagawa ko to at ginagawa ko to and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. There's no way you can be stable with it. And then he says, but rather grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to Him be the glory both now and forever to the day of eternity. Amen. Ano sabi ni Peter? Two areas where you need to grow. Grow in grace Grow in knowledge. Maraming tao, di ba? Sabi ko nga, kaya sinabi niyang lawless dahil marami knowledge-based. Maraming alam. Nakaka-quote ng scripture. But they never really get the heart of the gospel. That's why they become lawless people. They become proud, self-righteous, thinking they could save themselves. Because they're growing in the knowledge, pero walang grace. May kilala ba kayong ganon? Ito na, ito na. Parating na siya. Natatakot ka, bakit? Ang daming alam nito sa Bible, pero kakaiba, ugali. Pag dumarating, para may bagyo. Nare-repel ka. Why? Because some people, they know the Bible in and out, study it, but they're not growing in grace. They just grow in knowledge. Ano sabi sa scripture? Knowledge puffs up. Marami, maraming alam, pero ano, it puffs up daw. Okay. It will blow you away. Nika stable. It's all knowledge and without grace. That's why Peter said, no, you have to grow in the grace and you grow in the knowledge. Now, at the same time, meron din naman iba, lahat grace lang, walang knowledge. Pag tinanong mo sa kanya, ano ba natututunan mo sa church? Ayon, uh, uh, Jesus loves me. You know, okay, oh, nung binasa mo yung Bible, ano natutunan mo? Ito, ano, na love ako ni Lord. Yun na lang palagi yung linya mo, di ba? Parang, okay, ano bang pinakaiba? Paano ba maging isang Kristiyano? Ganito, alam mo naman, di ba? Love ako ni Lord. Tapos, kailangan mo lang love si Lord. L- lagi na lang love ni Lord. It's all grace, but there's no knowledge. 
There's no content. And so, when somebody comes, a cult leader comes and says something that is not, that is against the essential doctrine of Scripture, ang bilis niyang masway. Ay, mas maganda yan, mas maganda yan. Ito susundang ko. Ay, ito, mas maganda to. Uy, mas maganda yung video nito sa Facebook. Ito na lang. You change because you don't know. And that's a big problem. When I was in college, first day of class, yung religion teacher namin pumasok. Religion teacher to. Catholic school. Sabi niya, guys, ang Bible, hindi totoo. Genesis pa lang, malina. And so all my classmates who grew up in Christian school and Catholic school were saying, huh? Huh? What? Right? And he presents. Did you ever see Genesis 1 and Genesis 2? There's two accounts of the creation. Even Genesis is confused. So what's the true account? Genesis 1 or Genesis 2? Bakita mo yung mga mukha ng mga classmate namin. Oh, di ba? Parang all this nagmisa tayo, nag-service tayo, all this time, teke pala. Kaya, after lumabas ng religion teacher, alam mong, yanig eh. What's happening? Di ba? Sa classroom. But, I know the essential doctrine. And I know this teacher was saying something that's not true. Why? He never studied the scripture. He does not do any scholarly work. It is so simple. Genesis 1 is a song, Genesis 2 is an account. Sir, you should have known. Why? You're a religion teacher. Don't just say things because you think, you know, you know, you, you read it and you make your own interpretation and you twist it. Not even studying Hebrew or Greek. And now you say it to the class and bring doubt because you don't do any scholarly work. You twist the scripture, making people unstable. But it was such a simple example of one is a song, one is a story, an account. It's all the same. Look today, if you Google Genesis 1 and 2, haba haba, Google pages 1 to 10 telling you, oh, the Bible's not true, Genesis 1 and 2. Guys, it's so simple. Why? Because people who blog and comment, you ask them this question. Have you studied this in a scholarly manner? Or are you just Quento Barbero? What you doing? Right? You haven't really studied it, and here you are making opinions as if you have a master degree on Genesis. I think that's unfair. If a Christian understands his essential doctrines, he will not be shaken. He will not be moved, no matter how good the presentation would be. But grow in the grace and the knowledge, both. Yan yung goal natin. But today, I'm not going to talk about Growing in the grace. We've been talking about that. Today, we'll talk about growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. How do we grow in our knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? So we go to essential doctrine. Now, the essential doctrines today, I will be teaching you three only. Number one, essential doctrine. Not in order, but this is something I think we need to discuss. The inerrancy of Scripture. What do you mean when you say inerrant? When we say that the Bible is inerrant, we mean that the Bible makes good on its claim. That it is without error. Walang contradiction from Genesis to Revelation. Imagine, that is something supernatural. 
to have 66 books compiled into one called the Bible with different writers. There's no contradiction from Genesis to Revelation. Now again, some people will say, Pastor, I don't agree with that. There's a lot of contradiction. I just have one more question with you. Give me one now. Just one now. And then I'll try to answer it. If you could give me one. Just one. Right? Contradiction. That it is with error. In the Bible, there's genealogies. The father of like that, and the son 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 of like that. In Leviticus, some of you, it's your favorite book. Makes you fall asleep. Right? It would write down... Uh, a war was going on, and then this tribe gave away 24,000, this tribe gave away 16,000, this tribe gave away this. And it's so specific. Why? Why was, so, why was it so specific? Because it's historical records, manuscripts, saying this actually happened. You cannot... You cannot go against historical records that there is this person named like this, who had sons, 12 sons, their name are like this, and then it's like this, and the family tree is like this, and then it all roots down to David, and it goes down to Jesus. It was so specific, the writers actually put names. Because the writer was saying, you can check it out if you want. Numbers of soldiers, of priests, all written down, names and specific names to tell you this is legit. Even uh, history, historical records would look at the Bible as a historical evidence. In fact, if you go to Israel, the only conclusion you'll have after a good biblical tour is there is a God, that the Bible is true. Because you start to see, Grabisi Lord, how He was able to do this. The inerrancy of Scripture. So for somebody to say, I don't believe in the Bible, it's full of errors, please give me one. You just ask them. Right? Just give me one. And please cite academically where you got those errors so that I could answer back. Right? Or Francis can answer back. Right? You see, most of the time there's no errors. In fact, Especially here in the Philippines, if people would say, that, ah, I don't really be, oh, there's a lot of errors. Most of the time you ask them, are you okay with God? Sometimes it's not even academic. Sometimes may tampo sila kay Lord. And that's the easiest way out to say, ah, oh, the Bible's full of error. That's why you give me one. If there's a lot, just one. The inerrancy of Scripture, that the Bible is true. Second, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? Throughout history, it has been known that there was a man named Jesus lived, uh, roamed the streets of Jerusalem, okay, died. They know this man. Signs and wonders, record shows it happened. There was a man named Jesus. But one of the things that has been contested is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But look at Acts 2.22. Okay? This was Peter saying, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. You guys know him, right? The guy from Nazareth, Jesus. A man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. What was Peter saying? Guys, see Jesus of Nazareth. Okay? Kilala nyo yan, right? Nakita nyo. You know him. Right? He says, in fact, you killed him. 
This Jesus delivered up according to the plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. In Acts 2, it was no debate because they saw. You know Jesus, right? And maybe the crowd was, yeah, we killed him. Yeah, you killed him. In fact, you now go visit the tomb. See if his body is there. Now, I hope you understand when it says that, the, that, the, that they put a seal on the tomb, there was a 24-hour rotation of Roman guards. There's no way even 12 disciples could go and rob the body. There's no way you can do that. Just to roll the stone away. In fact, if you go to Israel, there's, they say two tombs. But whether, nasaang tumman siya? You go to both places, there's no body. Why? Because it shows that our Jesus has risen from the grave. And people believe this. Okay? It was no question, especially to the eyewitness. Yes, there was no body in the tomb. And out of all the religions in the world, our God is the only God, Jesus, whose body is no longer in the tomb, on the tomb. Now, look at what Paul said. He says, If in Christ we have hope in this life only. As a Christian, I put my hope in Christ. Now, if I put my hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Why? Because if God is dead, why would I even pray? Pray to who? A dead God? He will not listen. Why are we singing this afternoon? Oh, so that the dead God would hear? He said, kawawa naman tayo mga Christian. And Paul, when writing this, would be in prison, stoned to death, escaping death, persecution. But at the time, at first, he was the one persecuting the Christians. But when he had an encounter with the Lord in Damascus, what happened? It changed him. And now he says, if I put my hope in Christ, and we say there's no resurrection, what are we doing? But in fact... Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. You see, if you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a major essential doctrine of the Bible, it also goes to mean that you don't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. So connected. Okay? When you say the Bible is true, okay? when you say the Bible is true, then you have to say, you really have to say that the resurrection of Jesus Christ really happen. Major doctrine to. Pag sinabi mong, well, di naman talaga ako naniwala na talagang nabuhay si Lord, eh, ba't ka nandito? Mag-golf ka na lang. Right? Do something else that matters. Why hear teachings from a dead guy who claimed to have overcome death and is still dead? That's why Paul was saying, I'm putting my life at stake here because I know and I've seen and I've encountered this Jesus. It's an essential doctrine of our faith. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that's two. Third essential doctrine. Which separates us from all other major religions in the world. It's this. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. 
This is major. When the early church fathers met together because they've experienced a problem, a lot of false teachers were coming saying, the way for you to get saved is to follow Jesus and do a lot of good works and do all these steps. You know, they said, we need to guard the doctrine of the church. That's where the Apostles' Creed came to birth. Kaya may Nicene Creed, may Apostles' Creed. Sabi nila, guard natin to. Ito yung spread natin. Gawin natin PDF, email natin lahat. He spread. Why? Because they had to protect. Wow, so many people died protecting this doctrine. So let's make an Apostles' Creed. And we went through the Apostles' Creed last year, right? 12 weeks ba tayo last year on the Apostles' Creed. Why? It's an essential doctrine for us. We need to know that we're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. What that means is, the way I become a Christian is by what? By grace. Through faith. In who? In Christ. Have you heard people say, you know what, I respect that. But in reality, all religion, different names lead to one, God, to heaven. All religion will teach us to be good that would lead to heaven. Heard that? That's a very famous teaching. Oprah teaches that. Right? Everything. But as long as it makes you good and kind and loving, it's okay. All lead to God. Now, what's the problem with that? If you believe in that thinking, number one, you go against the doctrine of inerrancy. You're saying the Bible is not true. If you believe in that, you also don't believe in the resurrection. Why would Christ need to resurrect if everybody pala can get saved? If I want Jose Rizal to save me, Jose Rizal can save me. I'm a Chinese, Confucius will save me, Confucius will save me. If I'm in India, a cow could save me because it's sacred. You know, everywhere you go, all the gods would lead. And that's why the gospel is so offensive. Why? Only Christian would claim the exclusivity. So very offensive, diba? Are you saying Jesus is the only... No, 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 I'm not saying. The Bible is saying. And because I'm a Christian, I believe in the major essential doctrine that man is saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. No other name. No other name can save. Wow! Grabe kayo. Hindi naman siya grabe. But I believe in Him. Because this is true. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace, you are saved through what? Faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not from works so that no one can boast. A typical churchgoer, when you ask, how do you become a Christian? The answer would be, oh, you do good, you help the poor, you do charity, you pray, you know, you, you do these things, and then God will be pleased with you. Is it the right answer? Are you a Christian because you do good works? Yes or no? Nito trick question, okay. Yes or no? No. Why? I don't do good works to get saved. I'm saved, that's why I do good works. If you're a member of Victory, are you saved or not? Maliko! I don't know if you're saved or not. Not because you're a member of Victory, you're saved. Why? I don't know your walk with Jesus. Do you believe 
that salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone? Because if you don't believe that, even though you're here and you're my best friend, you're not saved. You're not a Christian. Doesn't mean you go to victory, you're saved. Doesn't mean you go to church, you're a Christian the same way. Doesn't mean you're, you're always in McDo, you're a burger. Right? It's true. I don't know, but you'll know. But if in your mind, nasa isip mo, ah, maliligtas ako dahil gumagawa ako ng mabuti. Wow. So that no one can boast. Now you're boasting on your works, which the Bible says, it is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works. Gift is what? It's free. It's not earned. It's given to you. When you start working for the gift, it's called salary. It's not a gift. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Look at this. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. An essential major doctrine that sadly a lot of Christians don't know. They would say, oh, never mind that person, a man is good, he'll go to heaven or this person. When we say that again, we challenge so many things. The inerrancy of Scripture, the resurrection of Christ. I have no time to do the doctrine of the Trinity. It might take eight hours for us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Again, if your claim is, it's by good works, okay, the resurrection did not happen, it means you don't believe in the Trinity. If you don't believe in the resurrection, you don't believe in the Trinity. Why? Because God the Son, in the very doctrine of, of Christology, it says that Christ resurrected. So if you have something about the resurrection, you have something about the Trinity. It's all connected. But if we do not know, we just nod, we share it to our friends, because we don't know the major doctrines. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Lord, thank you. Lord, for your word, thank you, God, because, Lord, our forefathers in the faith guarded the essential doctrines because we know, God, it would transform lives. It would touch nations. And, Lord, we've seen the gospel move forward. And I pray today, as the gospel is entrusted to us, may we take responsibility in knowing the essential, the major doctrines of our faith. Lord, that we won't just be here on a Sunday, clueless of what the doctrines are. Lord, because we know that a strong doctrine could produce a strong Christian. And those who don't know anything about the essential doctrines can be uh, carried away by any kind of teaching outside. So I pray for passion for your word, a love for your word, that we would come to a point, Lord, that we're praying, Lord, I want more of you. I want to study your word. I want to know you better. Lord, let it be our heart's cry this year to go deeper in our walk with Jesus by growing in the grace and growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph resources podcasts.